0: Welcome to the Sports Epreneur Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide, a CatSource production. In this episode, I chat with Mark Robinson, co-owner of the Modern Day GK. We discuss the positive goalkeeper, a niche business, and transitioning from sports to obstacle to a passionate content platform. This episode exists because of CatSource. CatSource is your content team. You know how many business leaders need help communicating their story? That's what we do. Content strategy, creation, and distribution for business leaders. This provides opportunities, relationships, and a platform for you and your business. Why do we do this? Because at KezSource, we exist to help you create and share amazing content. And yes, you should have a podcast. We'll help you. Learn more by visiting kezcontent.com.
1: Athletes and footballers and goalkeepers, when they're in the best state, is usually when they're subconscious so they're acting like out of instinct that is normally you'll see them at the best do you know what i mean when they've got time to think of these things no good for anyone like i mean you might notice on the on our post we never talk about hand position this that and the other like the technical side of like that right down because some people think been catching, like you said there some people are catching a ball the way they have for the for their whole life they know how to catch a ball so if you try to change these things you've got more chances of creating errors because you're giving them it's almost like a new movement skill and your body t- it takes time to learn a new movement so if you can catch a ball don't worry about saying oh it doesn't you know what like somebody mentioned on one of the posts the other day and they said um, I noticed about Lee's hand positions it's on either side of the ball instead of a diamond or a W behind it I was like I didn't add it in reply but I thought look this is his natural style like he catches balls without looking and I don't think he needs to worry about that. What you're seeing, <laughs> he's playing in goals since about eight. And uh, when he was eight year old, man, he was playing in like, so in, in obviously in England, you've got to, it's called primary school, which is you go from ages five to 11. So he was playing at age eight, he was playing with the 11 year old team. And uh, his training was the head teacher would curl balls into the box and he would come out and take crosses and things like that. <laughs> so He's done it since he was eight, and it's it it is one of the natural things. And as I was I was going to ask you about your son. What are the sports has your son played?
0: Oh, he's played baseball, basketball. He played soccer when he was younger. He's played hockey a little bit, not a lot. More skating, you know, early on. Tennis likes running now. And so I would say you know his other favorites were Like he was just playing basketball. He and his friends they got in a league this winter, and they play basketball, which I think is great to play other sports.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Like to me, from what you said in there, if you were going to put some sports together, yeah, and you, to make a goalkeeper, you would see basketball, hockey, tennis. Like there's three sports which would be unbelievable for a goal because you're getting from tennis, you're getting lateral work, uh, um, skating, you're getting some lateral power as well, and then you're getting your hand-eye coordination from these sports as well.
0: Yeah, oh, it's great.
1: So you're creating a real athlete. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's interesting on the youth sports side of things. And I want to touch on that. So it was fun watching him play basketball because I remember watching him play basketball when he was younger. And after Mm -hmm. he'd been training keeper for all this time and you get on the basketball court, I couldn't believe how aggressive he was like one of the most aggressive play. And it's not, it wasn't in his nature when he was younger and he's definitely gotten even more competitive to a point where he'd have to like kind of, Ease up a little bit, like don't get over competitive, don't let the loss hurt. But, but he's young and you're dealing with a lot of emotion, that's great. And you see it because then he's getting rebounds because he's going up for the ball. It's like, it's, I was almost like picturing a corner and he's got to get up there. So his mind is like, the ball's up there. I got to go get the ball. And someone might be on your lower body, but you got, and there's a hands in basketball, of course. So, but it's just, it was interesting to watch it because I'm like, I told him, "I was like, you realize like a lot of your keeper trainings helped you with your ability to go get the ball in basketball, and vice versa. Now you're going to go back on the soccer field, on the football field, and, and all of a sudden you just have this like and you're used to it."
1: Oh, that exactly that. Like, so you're not only getting physical qualities, but you're getting mental qualities as well from these sports, and that's why I think I think individual sports are another thing which which make you a, a bit of a stronger player, either outfield or as a goalkeeper. You play an individual sport. It's all on you, isn't it? It's all about like what you do in training, what, what you're like in, in matches, and then it builds your character. So when you go back to soccer, go back to football, you're a stronger character because you've been being on your own and you've had to deal with the pressures of just on you. So when you go into a team, you've got that sort of mental strength.
0: Yes, no, that's spot on. We've bounced around so far, but... Got a little bit of head an noise. I love it. And uh, that's how no I do. It's right. how I talk, right? You and I, are, I can tell that you're the same way, which is beautiful. And you started talking a little bit about how you got started. Oh, yeah. And so a lot of times I like to look at entrepreneurs when they get going with something, especially when it's around something they're passionate about. And sometimes it takes time to find that passion for us. And I'm not even getting my long story and people have listened to the podcast before have heard it, but just the real basics of it. I was in the insurance business and well, we still have an insurance business. But I started seeing Mm -hmm. that the messaging in the insurance industry was bad. I saw the the opportunity to get in front of new people was dated. It was boring. It wasn't exciting. We started creating content. Well, the content led to these opportunities to have conversations with new people. Well, then those conversations led to new things that say, wait a second, you're creating content. You have the sports entrepreneur platform. I like it. I like the writing style. I like certain things. Can you help me do that for my business? And it might be something totally different. Uh, when people started recognizing in me to say, "You're really into this. You're really passionate about it. Keep pushing. Keep going in that direction." So anyway, as I see something which you guys have going on, at the modern day goalkeeper. Obviously, you have a passion for the game. You have a passion to learn. You have a passion to help other people out. You played the game. You've been playing. You have brothers. I'm sure you've been playing your whole life. You said it was like three or four years ago when we were talking. When did you know? Like we have to create something. And did you think that this would become the thing that you do, the modern day goalkeeper?
1: In all honesty, when we spoke about it, I we was so passionate about it because it is a bit of like a sad story, in one bit is in a part of it and, and it's all sort of wrapped up. But this is this is what goes on in football, and this is what fans don't understand, I don't think, and sometimes coaches don't understand, but you're dealing with people's livelihoods. So when lads get released from clubs, they're in a vulnerable state. And what happened was, again, this is all part of like reason why they uh, started. But Lee lost a, like a former teammate. He played uh, He played with them at, um, in the Scottish Championship. And he was a really good player, technically really good. He just carried a little bit of weight. He had a couple of injuries, but something that you know I mean, people could help with massively in terms of if you work with a good standing conditioning coach or something like that, could have really, really helped them. But in terms of the physical side, because of that, he wasn't able to stay at the highest level. So he ended up going down the levels. He ended up having to get like a go to work and um, play part time. And and I think it was a bit too much for him. And well, it, it is when you go from you go from being a footballer all your life, all of a sudden not being one. Like what do you do with your life? And and um, we spoke about things and said how vulnerable these people are when they are released from clubs kids are getting judged at Lee got released from Sunderland when he was 13 saying that he, he wasn't big enough I mean like it's a, like for a goalkeeper he's classed as small he's 5'11 but when he's 13 year old he's still grown and like height has never affected his game but what my point is is like people are getting people are making judgments on players at 13 14 15 16 when they haven't even developed physically They're nowhere near developed physically, but yet being branded not good enough or not physical enough. And these lads, some lads don't want to play football ever again because they've had such a bad and negative experience, maybe a negative way of being released as well, that they don't know what to do with themselves. But our point was, is we want to get these players and we want to tell them like, look, you've got an opportunity to be better than you've ever been. If you want to work with us, then we can give you a chance to be better than you've ever been. We'll give you individualised training. You're going to get individualised to strength and conditioning. You're going to get advice from Lee of his football career. So it's all linked in terms of like, that was one of the conversations we had about is trying to help these players who are getting released and they don't know what to do. And they think that the dream's over or the football career is over. And they think, and like you say, it just shows you that it's so difficult that for some people, they don't think they've got anything else to offer. But it's livelihoods, isn't it? People are getting judged at such a young age and you've got to think these are in a subjective sport subjective profession in terms of you get judged on by one or two people could be one person making that judgment on you and you can't live your life being taken what one person says you've got plenty of time like these keepers are keepers getting released again at 13 14 15 even in but yet Keeps aren't expecting to probably be playing first-team football until the 24-25, and then they don't really peak until the 30, or 32. So, there need to be some interventions there. And, like, see with this, with this page, we'll hope that that's what we've been able to help with. But then, also on the other side of things, was what Lee found when he trained: is he's felt, has he really been getting prepared for matches in, in his training? That's why you see a lot of our drills, they're all. We're all trying to be match realistic because what you're trying to do is you're trying to make the demands of training a lot harder than what the demands of a game is. So if you can make somebody train at a top speed every every session, that's one of the reasons that we use the wet mat, increase the speed of the ball. You can get used to playing on, this, on these fast environments and when you play at the weekend, you're going to be more than ready.
0: Yeah, well, it's important. I appreciate you sharing that, Mark, because... There's always some depth to it. You know, I was even thinking while you were talking I've, there's all these different levels of, well, you just love the position, you love the game. Well, when you start diving a little bit deeper into well, how you got here, things start coming out. And I was just thinking about what I had told you before about, you know, having the insurance business, getting the content. And there's a lot of things in that process because Doubt creeps in, and I remember for me, it's like in the span of a little bit, you know, like my dog was our first, you know, dog dies, right? And this whole thing, yeah, that's not. And then my daughter, my third child, was born. She was in the hospital for a week, and it's hard, right? You're going through a lot, and I started thinking about. Well, I started reading more. I started listening more. I started to listen to podcasts more. I was like wondering, well, why did I start the podcast? I want to get messages out there. I want to help you. All these, yeah, it's great, but like, I remember what it did for me. I remember like, if you have these negative thoughts going, well, you got to switch that. You got to do something about it. You got to listen to something and you got to not allow yourself to talk to yourself. You have to talk to yourself. You can't allow your brain to talk for you, right? And it's could play tricks on you. So it's like you start thinking about all these different places you've been or where the people around you have been. And that was the reason that I started really creating. I mean, there's other nuances to like, you were just saying like to the business side of things and and all that, but you really have to understand like in depth how you even got here, how you even started creating this and like hearing the story of players getting released. They're not on the team anymore and it's livelihoods and there's families and there's young people. And you you see it in youth sports here. All the time we see it in youth sports. I saw it when my son was in middle school and I'm not that parent. I'm really not. To say my son should have had this or my daughter, should. no, 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 you got to go earn it. And sometimes it's cruel and it's it's unfair. And you know what? That's life. And these are great lessons to learn. But I remember, like, he was later when he started playing the position goalkeeper, and he was okay when he started. But you know, he was on a really good team. in seventh seventh grade here, right? So they're young, twelve years old, and he's like learning the position and making mistakes and like. This isn't the finished product, like if he wants to play the rest of his life and whether he does or doesn't it's not the point, but let's say he did that's not his finished product. Well, they lost a championship game, and you knew that people were talking and they were like maybe that was the reason we lost. See so you fast forward two years. There was a conversation because some of those kids that were old they see it and they're like still thinking back to two years prior when someone's twelve years old versus when they're fourteen or fifteen years old like. That seventh grade version, like the two-year-ago version of your three-year-ago version of yourself is what you are today, is laughable that people can even judge someone for being that, right? And I'm not just talking about my kid. I'm talking about just anybody. I mean, look at a professional athlete, right? Anywhere. Someone who's reached the highest point, their pinnacle. They're going through this journey and they're learning these things. But to do it to a kid and then like what you're seeing is you guys saw firsthand with someone as they did get older, and then it led to the unthinkable. The unthinkable happens and and that shouldn't happen, right? And there's a lot of things that are going on there that it's just frustrating because you see it in youth sports. And I was at the fields even this weekend. My son had a soccer tournament and I'm just, I'm watching it. I'm enjoying it. It's like a nice weekend. My daughter was there. My wife had to take our other daughter. She was at dance competition this weekend, but you're watching the parents' participation in the game. Like they were more involved in the game than some of the kids. And you're just like, Where's this pressure coming from? Why do they want this game so bad? The kids are like going out to lunch after and they're happy and they're, but there's these pressures of like, I think it's a challenge. And I think it's why it's so important that Mark, that you and your brothers are doing this, that help, and you see it, you've seen it and you see it and you're doing something about it. And it's obviously important because there's a business side of it and you have to be able to make money to live and pay your bills and do all this. So it's important. But you should get it because if you're doing those good things, that things are going to happen for you, right? Because you guys have the right mind. So I just, I appreciate you sharing that story. I think it makes us all think. I think we should all think. I think people need to think more about what it is they're doing and why they're doing it. Because I think you're going to, if you just hit the fast forward button, which we kind of do in life, it just goes fast. What were you doing it for? Were you enjoying it? So, yeah.
1: True, though, isn't it? Yes. Because, like you see the, it, yeah, the easy answer why did you start this is you go, will of goalkeeping and, uh, I want to coach people for a living, mm-hmm. but top and bottom, bottom of it is there's a lot of people out there who who are doing it that way. But what makes us unique is that we do really, really want to make a difference to go, to to the goalkeeping world and to football. We've put posts on about one of the best posts we ever done. We it was for um, mental health awareness day, and uh, we talked about what the. I'll, I'll send it over to you and have a look. But we just talked about what stress does to you as a goalkeeper and, and where it comes from as a goalkeeper and what it does to your body as a goalkeeper and the amount of comments and things that we got back from people it was amazing because you're hearing people saying like people are starting conversations with each other they've never met each other and they're saying like oh I thought I was the only one or I didn't know anyone else felt like this and then people I've lost the goal at the weekend and this is how I felt and then you're getting people coming and speaking to each other and it was like we'll create, we create like a, like a community Unbelievable man, we've got so much more to, to give, really. But, um, like I was saying to you there, like some of the messages that you get from people who are either getting back playing and they haven't played in years, what's that? That's priceless, isn't it? Like, you can't put a stat on that in terms of somebody comes to you and says, Oh, you know what? Since I've watched your videos, they've you made us want to go back to playing and goal. Oh, I've been learning this, I've been learning, I've been watching your techniques here and there. Because, honestly, we'll get, we'll get like top players who'll message us and they'll say, like, oh, this is from where I've been working on the stab technique or I've been working on my side bully and uh, trying to do this, what you do. And it's crazy. And you think, it's funny though with Lee, he always says, he it, it is a good quote and it's something that always sticks by it. But he says, in terms of ability, he's probably underachieved. But in terms of mentally, he's probably overachieved because As I said before, he he said he never enjoyed one game of football in his career because of the stresses it came with. Like, thinking of these things, of letting people down, but that changes if people understand the position better. And that's, like we're saying, that's a massive point of our, like, like almost like our mission, is to educate or re-educate or you could even say de-educate because there's so much myths of goalkeeping, you know what I mean? Like, like rules of goalkeeping. But end of the day, just you wanna see goalkeepers enjoying it, learn positively it and positively and the impact on, Exactly. You've got to enjoy it. Like but I think that comes from people understanding the position more and understanding your job more.
0: I like that word.
1: It's true though, isn't it? Like if you it's how many times you might with anything in life you might say, Oh, it's, it's only it's only that. Do you know what I mean? Like some like a job, you might dismiss it and say, oh, it's only that, but you think, you don't know what goes on in that job. You don't know what the demands are of that job. So it's ignorance, isn't it, from people?
0: It is. And it takes people like yourself to to get a better understanding. But here's the thing. We might never get to the point where everyone truly understands it. And that's okay. I mean, I, I don't oh, think yeah. that that's that's obviously an overlofty goal. You use the word de-educate. And I really like that because that makes you think that, you know, you get these bad habits, you get these bad routines, and you've heard these myths that they're not real. And if someone like yourself is out there, and you have this backing of these people of what you guys believe and what you're a part of and the conversations that you're having, it's we got to listen to that. That's why Mark's here. So I Lee's here. And that's important. I mean, just the story you've already told us about Lee's teammate and all that. And you've mentioned Lee a few times and maybe we back up just a bit. And obviously I know he started and, and you're a field player and you just swallowed up just uh, watching him play and studied his position and what he was doing and just watched him go through it. And he's obviously featured in a lot of your videos that you put out there on Instagram. Yeah. He's that epicenter piece of it. It sounds like as far as from the showcasing the position and because you've referenced in a a lot of times of like that was the evolution of how this even came to be so just tell us a little bit about lee so we hear the name and then we can you know frame it with something of who is lee
1: yeah so lee we call him the gk technician (laughs) he's like uh did you ever have top gear over there or did you ever see top gear
0: top gear i don't know
1: it was a program in the UK, right? It was all about cars, fast cars. Okay. And they used to have a stick, So they called him the stick, and it was basically, it was like a a Formula One driver, but nobody knew who he was. So he'd never take his mask off or anything like that. And he would go on and he he would test the cars, and obviously, he would see how much is in the ability of... It's not in the gloves, you know what I mean? As a goalkeeper, it's not in the gloves, not in the boots. It's in the ability of them. So... Lee's almost like the, the the Stig, so he's like the stuntman. Without Lee, there's no modern day GK because we're trying to demonstrate the techniques of and and encourage positivity. Like we always speak about, maybe it, instead of the modern day GK, it should have been called the positive goalkeeper, which <laughs> is what we're just trying to do is create, encourage positivity in goalkeepers, positively become creates enjoyment, doesn't it? Yeah, he left home at. 17 and he signed for Rangers up in Scotland and he played there for 6 years and he made his debut at 19 he was tipped to be the next best thing but he just wasn't guided right and there was things like he didn't realise he didn't know the benefits of going to the gym he didn't understand the benefits of going to the gym he saw it as a punishment you know like you finish training and they say right get yourselves in the gym and he, 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 like again, but this is just down to like the lack of education on that side of things, is that he wasn't told, this is the importance of the gym. This is what it's going to do for your performance. It's going to prevent injuries. It's going to create longevity in your career. It'll make you feel a little bit springy, a little bit more powerful. Increase your mobility, you got a bit more range. So there's all these things that is adding to your game. But if you don't know that these are adding to your game, then you're not going to say it's as, as beneficial. But again, it's just down to the, uh, the guidance for us. So he ended up getting released when he was 23, I think it was. And he's just played up in Scotland ever since. But he's always, it's been a what-if case. And I think he played, he probably came through the system at the wrong time. I think if he was coming through the system now, playing the same way as what he did play when he was coming through, I think he would be talked about by everyone. And I think he would have been at a big a big club. huge club but it's just that thing of timing And, and again like what we were talking about before is not knowing what's so different about his style of play compared to others it was funny man Eric he used to play when, and fans used to think his kicking was terrible because it wasn't high it wasn't like really really high in the air and it would look as if he couldn't kick the ball because the ball was that flat so the speed of trajectory so obviously we know that how beneficial it is to hit the ball the way he does it. But to, to fans who don't know about goalkeeping and they think, eh, can I hit the ball? <laughs> so he used to be tarnished as if like people didn't used to think his kick was very good. But again, he was probably like, there's quotes from ex-Rangers players and things who said, who's played in the Premier League and things like that, and said he's the best kick we've ever seen, or he's the best goalkeeper we've ever seen with the ball at his feet. So you get... Johnny's like, he's a bit of a goalie's goalie. My dad used to always say that. All the goalkeepers appreciated him, knew what he was like. He says um, one of his friends who, he played at Celtic at the time and Lee was at Rangers. And uh, he says he used to watch all the reserve games. The lads used to watch the reserve games of Lee playing because they just used to love his style of playing. (laughs) It's mad, but going back with all, like, I think what Lee's learned as much as I think it does paying him and us as well to to not see him play now, but he's got so much to give back to players.
0: So there's a couple things that I want to touch on based on what you're saying. One is, as you go through the story and and you think about Lee, you're like, man, that's so frustrating. It's almost devastating. Like, he was so good and he didn't have the right training and he could be bitter. He could be upset by that. He could, like, live in that. Instead, what I see is, like, yeah, it is frustrating, but, like, he took that and made something of it. I don't know if you've heard of the book, The Obstacle is the Way. It's a Ryan Holiday book. It's a great book. And a lot of you know, a lot of athletes and sports clubs they all pay attention to it, but it applies to like a lot of things. And it, it's kind of when you think about it, like you hit this obstacle. Well, you can let the obstacle control you, or you can, you know, kind of just blow through that obstacle and use that obstacle as an advantage for yourself. Sure. Would he have loved to have played at, like you said, at a huge club? Of course. But what can he do? These things happened. So what are you going to do about it now? And it seems to me, you know, when I watch what you guys are doing and what he's doing, it's like next level stuff. And took to that and created the, the modern day GK. And there's something about that. And doing it inside of like judgment and myths and people saying you're not very good or that's not the way you're supposed to do it. Everyone's an expert all of a sudden, like they know exactly what's best for Lee or what's best for your business and and all these other things. And there's a lot of noise that you have to deal with. But it makes sense because you guys have a passion for the game and you have a passion for positivity. And you're not going to let these things get in the way. Yeah, we could all sit back and wonder what if, what could have happened if Lee was treated differently? What would happen if someone would have recognized this and helped him out? Be like, let's hop on that. And let's just go plow through it and help other people along the way. And it's actually, you never have chosen this, perhaps. I always look at it like this. He never would have chosen that to happen, what happened in the past. But as a result of it, you all may be better for it because that happened. Right? I don't know if you see it that way.
1: Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I think... It's a similar case, like, in terms of myself, like, I, I was one of them, I probably should have done better when we football, but, again, mentally, I was about, I'm a bit soft, like, in terms of dealing with, with pressure and that, crumbling under pressure, but it's one of them where you think, right, if I couldn't make it, the next best thing is to help these people who could make sure that, like, there was no way to that, like, personal coaches for us or anything to tell us how to prepare for a game, like, mentally. Because that's just as important as your physical work that you do. You could you could do lessons, really, train once a week, but spend Monday to Friday working on your mindset and your brain would never know the difference between you actually physically training or just the thought of... Like, say if you have a good week of training. So I always say to Lee, Lee was very big on, like, right, he needed to make sure that what he'd done Monday to Friday, he'd done the best he physically could Monday to Friday. And if he'd done the best he physically could Monday to Friday, then Saturday and he deserved to play well but you know what sports like it doesn't always work that so i was like all you can do is just work on your mindset in terms of that says your brain doesn't know if your body's actually done the work done done the hard work it doesn't know how well it's performed but you can tell your brain tell your body from your brain that you have performed well all week and you are going to do this you're going to control that you're going to control that you'll be much more prepared on a weekend we can't rely on what happens if you had a few bad days training then you come to Saturday and you think oh you know what three bad days training I'm not going to play well today so again like going, going back to the mental side of things I think something should be in place from, from a young age and I think everyone benefits from from speaking to somebody again like we thought there like everyday problems in life every like you can take these things into your sport you take sport into daily life I've had I had a, I had a crap game on Saturday, and it's only like not like it's classed as a bit of semi-pro where we where we're from, but it affects you. It affects you on the night. You think, oh God, I was cut there, I got beat off me all the time, and it just affects you day to day, day to day life. But people had things in place where they could help you with that, and you don't take these things in there. Like a big thing, what Lee says is, in football, when people speak to you, I say something about you. Don't take it personal because. It just comes. It could be coming from the manager had a bad a bad weekend with the you get they get beat on the weekend and um, the manager says something you're on a Monday. You can't take it personal. You just got to think he's not in a good place. He's angry. But that was one of the things that was younger is he, he did take things personally and thought like what people did they, they were doing it to to personally attack them. But didn't think like things are going on in the club or whatever or. or or the results might not be going, going their way. And um, it's not a personal thing. So we were trying to see the kids, when they're going through things, or the failures, if we get an isolated what is that things change so quickly in football. So don't, try not to go on your bridges.
0: That's it. Well, they, they do change. And I mean, they change over the course of a season, over the course of years, over the course of a game, right? An offside call. I mean, a goal goes in, it gets taken away. We see it, you know, a lot now with VAR taking over the game, it seems like. You could go mentally from one to the other, and you have to be able to stay there, right? No different than if you're off the off the pitch, and, and a coach says something to you, or a fan says something to you, or someone else, right, that you talk to says something. It could be positive, it could be negative, right? There's got to be this thing of like not getting too high, not getting too low, and you're fighting all these different things off. And I mean, and a lot of things in sports are mental, right? We talk, they talk about all the time. A baseball player up to bat, a golfer. Oh my goodness, right there's so many different aspects to it. But this position of goalkeeper, I always laugh because I look at my son, I say, so wait, so now we're going to watch you play and you're going to defend this like area behind you that it looks like it's like 30 feet long and 20 feet high. And they're asking you to stop the ball from going in there. Sometimes you almost laugh at it. And I would imagine for keepers, right? Sometimes it's like the net looks so big and other times it's like the net looks so small. And so how do you get into those positions? I mean, it's, mentally it's difficult they always talk about it you know the, the field players are training together the keepers kind of off in their own little island maybe with their other keepers and the keeper coach and but you gotta love it you have to stay like you're saying you have to stay focused and we before we got on here we were talking a little bit about you know i, w- I watch premier league a lot and you know before a lot of the games they focus on the heads up campaign that they have going on prince williams a part of it they bring players out and they're not even often talking about the game they're talking about how are you doing how's your mom doing How's it going at home? You were just transferred. What's that been like? You know, you had to move from this part of the country to that part of the country, or you had to deal with this in the last game. Like, so sometimes it is about the game, but it's good to see. I guess is what I'm saying. You mentioned this before that people are talking about it. The conversations are happening, and you know, people in the locker room. It seems like we have this hockey player who's come on our platform, and and he's talked about. In a hockey locker room, there's usually like this circle, or they're, you know, at least they're all facing each other. And it's very uncommon for players to say, What's going on in their life to where that's happening now? At least for him, you speak up and you tell your story. And maybe you're sad or maybe you're frustrated or whatever, but you just talk about it. And you guys are doing, you're helping young players want to stay. You told the story of the player that didn't want to play anymore. He couldn't take it. And then he started watching your content and he wanted to play. And I think there's something to that because you got to keep showing up. It's not always going to go your way. And I always show my son, there was the game, who was it the Manchester Derby yesterday and we're watching it. We recorded it. So we came home. I was like, we got to watch this game. And that last goal that Ederson let in and you're like, you know, he's just trying to make a play. And the guy put And you know, I don't know what the fans of his are saying right now. There's just these things that happen. Or was it last week when David De Gea, right? He's just, he's got all the time in the world. All the time. And he just kicks it. And somehow the striker's there and he, you know, is off his foot and goes in the back of his net. And that was two minutes into the game. I mean, you have the rest of the game to have to deal with that. I was, my son, again, back in, it's just an example, but he was, I think, in seventh or eighth grade. I think he was eighth grade, but early in the game, made a mistake, lets in a goal. A little bit later, makes another mistake. And I was like, oh man, that's not good. I feel bad for him. But I was actually interested in how he would respond. I was, more curious as how he would handle this because you see the range of emotions. And I think that's a lot for a lot of people to say, can you brush it off? Can you stay in the moment? And he actually did very well, but it wasn't necessarily about that. But I was most interested in like how we respond to things. We had Tim Kite on our podcast and in in here in College Football is Enormous. And Tim Kite was like the coach of Urban Meyer. And he is He's a business coach. He's a mental, and and he's helping. He always talks E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. So the event happens; something just took place. It's how you respond to that that's going to determine the outcome. It's not the event; it's your response. And my goodness, is there any other position that has to deal with that more than the goalkeeper position that you're dealing with?
1: I know. Like how Leo says, in terms, if you're an outfield player and you're having a bad game, you touches off and things like that. Least you can do is just work your absolute nuts off and just chase things down, put people under pressure, like make it hard for them. But as a goalkeeper, you might make one mistake. Like say, let's say David De here the other day that he concedes that goal, and if he, he might not have never had another save to make in that game, and what do you feel like? You want you want to repair people because you think you've you're at fault for something. You can't physically take it in your own hands, can you? Because you might not get a touch of the ball for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah. Well, he had it right. It was three minutes later. I think they had a break and he made a save I that know. that was going exactly. in. Yeah. I mean, and you know, and that's the thing to watch. And I was like, even the best in the world make mistakes and they got to deal with it and they got to overcome it. So if the best in the world in their mid twenties and thirties are dealing with this, you know, teenagers are young kids are dealing with it. Yeah. And that's why I keep going back to this, the content that you're creating is so important especially with the growth of the sport now I know worldwide football is enormous you come to the states it's called a different thing it's called soccer I see the growth I mean I'm witnessing it I'm in Charlotte North Carolina they just got an MLS team here it's going to start next year The thing is here in the states there's a lot of sports you got football is number 1 basketball is enormous here baseball's big hockey's big there's other lacrosse is making a move but there's something about this sport's worldwide and then you get the World Cup that was just, the US didn't make it. But I see an incredible opportunity for the game of soccer. I think more and more athletes are going to start playing it. I think there's a big issue with, I think football is obviously not going anywhere for a little bit, but there's a big issue with it because of the head injuries. And it's, it's at this incredible peak. But soccer is, man, there's just something about it. And I think you guys have an opportunity all over the world, especially in the UK, but also here in the United States. I think that there's an incredible influence that could come from someone like you to someone like my kid or someone else in the club if they just paid attention to what it is you guys are doing. And then it would, I think, obviously have a great impact on what you're doing and your business and and the type of content you're creating. It's It's a niche, right? You talk about business. Well, this is for anybody, but like for the soccer goalkeeper or someone who's in and around the soccer goalkeeping world to have something like this to go to, and it's about positivity there's this niche that's there and you're sharing it you're giving the stuff away and the way we met was on linkedin i wasn't i'm on instagram we're on instagram but i found you on linkedin and the reason was you had good content and it was well thought out there was like a description and i could read it and i could, it was like bullet points right and i could go through it and i was like this is really good and i started like sharing it and I said, "This is excellent information." Well, then we started communicating. We had some back and forth. And I said, "Where else can I find your content?" You showed me on Instagram. I go look on Instagram. I'm like, "Wow, this is amazing." I was like, "I told my son, I'm so I'm going to send you something. You got to follow these guys. They're amazing." I'm actually talking to him on LinkedIn. He's like, "Oh, wow." It's like, "Yes, yeah, send me who is it?" So I sent it to him. He's like, "Oh, that's the modern day GK. I know them. I, of course, we know, we all know them." And I was like, "Are you serious?" And it, it was so cool. But so you're creating a lot of content. I don't know when you moved over to LinkedIn because a lot of people are like well, linkedin that's for recruiting and that's for business or whatever and it's like no nah, you don't talk about soccer there you don't talk about football you don't talk about hockey you don't talk about any of those things so you're on linkedin now when did you make the switch to linkedin not the switch but when did you come over to the linkedin platform and how has linkedin been going for you
1: i know straight i don't know why i went to that you know i don't know if it was just because there was a bit more professionals on there like you keep track of more people who you, who you speak to and seeing your stuff Mm -hmm. as opposed to on Instagram, because obviously there there is quite a big number now that we have. It's difficult to keep track of who's liked your videos, who's, who's commented, who's messaged you. Whereas LinkedIn gives you a little bit more chance to, to meet people like yourself, speak to these people. And, uh, cross board with the, the content. So you it was it was basically just you don't know who's going to see your content. And that's what I thought of doing. I just thought it's another it's another place to put content. It's a little bit more professional. And it must have been maybe a year and a half ago or something. Okay. I went on. I'm literally just having a little look on it now. Yeah. I
0: think it's great because there's just different people you can interact with. There's an organic reach you have with LinkedIn. And it's interesting because... We talk to a lot of business owners and or people just making decisions and where they want to spend their time and creating content or thinking through. It. And they would only do it here. Or they would only do it there. And it's like you don't. Know, if you start crossing different platforms, what opportunity you might have. I don't come across your stuff most likely if I don't see it on LinkedIn. And it was done in a way that was very thoughtful, organized, and helpful. And that's compelling to me. And sure enough, then you start diving into it and then you start interacting with new people. And it was interesting because you told me about another company that's out there. You're like, Eric, you got to take a look at this group and what they're doing on LinkedIn or not what to do, what to do with their business, but they're on LinkedIn. It was Mel O'Connor and it's Oculo. If I said it wrong, please correct me.
1: No, no, that's right. Yeah.
0: You told me to pay attention to it and I did. And the first thing that came to my mind is the technology that's going on right now in the sports world is amazing. What's happening? And so we connected, so I've connected with Mel and obviously thanks to you, but you know they're on LinkedIn, they're doing different things and they're on Instagram, right? So it's all over the place, but I know you wanted to touch on that a little bit because you guys are doing a lot of things. There's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of technical aspects of it. There's a lot of technology, obviously with Oculo. What are you guys doing? What are you seeing with this? Because you're paying attention to this position probably more than most, but just curious as to what your thoughts are with technology, Oculo, and,
1: and all around that. We met Mel a couple of years ago now. And um, he spoke us about the system and said about how increasing increase your reaction times. And I was thinking, if you can do that for a goalkeeper, then obviously it's going to work on many, like every other sport that requires reaction time, hand-eye coordination. But um, it's modern-day technology and what we're trying to promote is modern-day keepers. So I think it was really fitting. So we, we stayed in touch and we're being back and forth and I'd help with a couple of his shoots, his promo shoots. I don't know why he want me on there. like. <laughs> but um, it was nice to be a part of that and we're just going on really well. And what he said is he would love us to to basically like endorse the product and help it get out there into the footballing world. And again, like I said before we started, we're very picky over what we do endorse and We have to believe it. We have to see the benefits of it, and we've got to believe the benefits of it, and we've got to believe that people will benefit from it. And with Oculo, we've tried it firsthand, and honestly, it's it's going to revolutionize the way you can train because basically you're getting put into an environment that you can't really replicate. Training the eye, training the visual. So in theory, what happens in the system is the balls – coming out at a certain pace, but the lighting system, it delays your visual system. So the balls f- appears quicker than it actually is. So what happens is you start, at, when you first go into it, you'll start very slow delays. So the ball will be coming in and uh, it's you before you know it. And then the longer you're in there, the more your eyes start, you start, like, like I say, recalibrating your visual system. And uh you start reacting quicker. So with this system, it is absolutely unbelievable. Like I think there's been a few top clubs who've inquired about it already. So it won't be long before it's everywhere. But I think massively look at like what we were talking about before in terms of the multi-sports in, in America. Like think of the sports that, that could that could benefit. You know, imagine baseball. If you can have batters facing things like pitchers, couldn't throw the same speed of nowhere near. And then you've got this system that delays your visual system. The, their response is going to be unbelievable.
0: Absolutely. It could absolutely have a chance to revolutionize it. I was just reading an article and they're talking about Barry Bonds and and he's watching the technology that's changing. Now, the talented person could obviously still play, but if they could just add even like another piece of it that they have this at their disposal, why not?
1: Oh, definitely. Like there's a, a little quote that Mel put in his. On his website, about it, it says in sport industries where marginal gains in performance can relate to huge financial gains, this can mean a concrete advantage. So, you know, like the marginal gains, but could create huge financial gains. And that sport, isn't it? That is every sport in the world, the elite for the non-elite. Well,
0: there's a lot to take in when it comes to this, because there's a lot being thrown at the young player the professional player, the coaches, just everything around the parents that are dealing with it. As we just take a look back, before I can get you out of here, youth sports, we talked about it here at the beginning. As someone who's watching it, pays attention to it, what would you tell a young player that is either playing the position of keeper, that's considering it, obviously with being a positive person, but you touched on here a little bit too, of like diversifying yourself, different sports, getting out there, running around, playing. What would you tell the young twelve to seventeen year old player, you know, at all different levels of course, they should focus on? What should they be doing?
1: Twelve to seventeen, I, I still think at twelve, still play out. Play different sports though. Do you know? Like you might love goalkeeping, but go and play a different sport, that's gonna enhance that. You know, like we talked about like your son, ice hockey, basketball, tennis. There's three sports that are just absolutely perfect to, to create an athletic goalkeeper. But then once you get a little bit older, start looking at the physical side of things, look at things, and start putting in good good habits at that age. So learn about the gym, getting in touch with someone from strength and conditioning, like, and start developing developing your body, making sure that you you're looking after it, and you're creating good habits at that age that you'll carry for the rest of your life. Because those habits that you create there, that'll create longevity in your career
0: that's where it starts i mean we talk about habits a lot and that's where it all starts right so if you get up and you go to the gym every single day for that person that does it it becomes a habit for them if they start taking their body serious go like you said going to the gym eating right obviously then we start getting to the positive mindset and those are the things i think like you've been saying that's the biggest challenge in all of them those things you can do. It's that positive mindset that I think becomes the biggest challenge for so many because there's so many influences on the outside or that are happening mid-game or they're happening while you're practicing so many different ways, but that can get in your way and pull you out from what you could do. Like we've talked about before and you've heard it before, we've seen players not as good do well because like your brother overachieved with their mindset. Maybe they weren't the most gifted player. But they had a better mindset. So they had an opportunity and they overachieved with that. And I think that's what, that's a big component of it. And then mindset's going to lead to all those things, right? So if you have a good mindset, you'll show up to the gym. You'll choose better foods to put in your body, right?
1: Oh, yeah. And, but also on top of that as well, Eric, is what I wanted to touch on as well is education, like going concentrate on education as well as these things. Because if you just put all your eggs in one basket and and it goes to up, where do you go from there? Do you know what I mean? If you can take your mind off, mm-hmm. so if you can see sport as sport for what it is, it should be fun and enjoyable because you love it, you want to enjoy it. Make it don't make it a, don't make it a job for yourself at that age as well. like concentrate on seeing your friends uh, but concentrate on, on your studies because you can take pressure off your football if you feel, if your worries in life uh, when you're studying and, th- and you've got exams and things like that, which we've all been through. When it comes to thinking you've got practice, so you've got a match, you're going to be so excited because you think, oh, this is me escape. Can't wait to play. And there's probably a higher chance that you'll play, play a bit better because your sole focus isn't just on that. Again, football, there's no your football career could end when you're in your mid-30s. Um, and, and you might not have been fortunate enough to make it at a top, top level where you've got money in the bank to look after you when you're finished. Where do you go from there? Do you know what I mean? A lot of people go to coaching, but if you've got an education in the background, you're going to set yourself up for life. But I would do think, and that's something that Lee really urges because it's something that he wasn't pushed into when he was a kid. Like he was at, when he was at Rangers, he used to have to go to college and stuff, but it, it was seen as a chore. It was seen as just like, oh, we've got to go there. Instead of thinking, right, lads, get yourself there. Make sure you, like what do you like doing? What do you like studying? What are you liking, like in life? Like what interests you? Music? If it's music, unlearn we'll an instrument. So the point is is like try and take some pressure off your sport, no matter what sport you play. Try and take a bit of pressure off it with something else.
0: I'm glad you said that, because I think that's that's the way to wrap it up because education is obviously important, reading, writing, thinking taking your class, getting away from the sport, no different than getting away from your education when you're playing the sport. And I think from the goalkeeper position, I've heard this as well, oftentimes you're just sitting back there and it's almost like a puzzle that's going on and all these, you never know when the next break's gonna come and you're kind of like, you're thinking through a lot of things and you gotta have this mindset and learning math and learning whatever it is that you're learning, it just teaches your brain, allows your brain to just see things unfold in front of you. So even though that education can help you away from the sport, it could also help you even if that is the sport that you love the most. So sometimes that is a way for a kid to learn that why education is important is actually can even help you win the sport. But like you're saying, oh, the sport is. can change, right? The sport, you can get injured or things don't go your way. Well, what are you going to do about it? Because I always tell you know, to my son or to whoever that like you guys have done, you have a passion for this thing. This kind of brings it full circle. You have a passion for this game. You have a passion for this position. You're creating a business, or you created a business out of it. How cool is that? Like you get to be in the game all the time. When you're watching a Premier League game, you're learning. Like, yeah, it's fun and it's entertaining and it's all that and it's sport, and you get to watch it. But at the same time, it's like you get to apply that. Like, talk about aligning yourself with your passion, your business, and your passion align together. It's. I would imagine you guys don't ever feel like you're working.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> it's massively true because. You like, see it every day. Like, you've got the power to, on social media just to spend a little bit of time replying to some people who've messaged you. And like, at the end of the day, we're, we're just three lads from Sunderland. like Three brothers. We're not celebrities by any means, anything like that. And we've got plenty more to do, do in the football world and in life anyway. But you reply to some people and think that they reply to you and they can't believe that you've spoken to them. And you think, it's unbelievable the fact that you can We've got the ability to to give positively back to these people just from a a little message back or a comment back. And uh, you couldn't ask for much more than that, could you?
0: No, you couldn't. Well, Mark, what's the best way people can learn more about the modern-day GK?
1: If you follow us on on Instagram, we're most active on there, but also we're on uh, Facebook and Twitter.
0: Okay. Man, I appreciate... we've, We've talked for a while. I appreciate you spending the time. I think this is helpful. I look forward to more conversations. I look forward to talking to the position about what else you guys are up to, how you're building the modern day GK. And it's exciting, man. I, like I said, I'm grateful that you spent some time with us talking about all this. One of my favorite things about our Sports Epreneur content platform is the opportunity to chat with amazing people in and around the world of sports. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect more, hit us up on Instagram at Sports Epreneur. Thank you for listening to this Source production, the sports epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship
1: collide.